Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Sin's Chat Corner. Um, despite all my 50,000 emergencies that went on today, oh, my God, holy hell, did you people read my page? It was nuts. We've had car trouble. We've had laptop trouble. We've had uh, phone charger troubles. The two main ingredients that an Internet radio show host does not want to hear is that your computer doesn't work and your phone doesn't work. But luckily for me and, of course, for Mr. Sanchez himself, we both get a chance to go on the air today and talk about how wonderful he is. I have to admit before I get on the air with him that I am terribly nervous although he's been a friend of mine for a long time. He's, he's just magnificent and marvelous, and I hope by the end of this interview that all of you know just how spectacular he is as well. So without further ado, uh, let's not have him hold any longer. Let's get him on the line and start chatting. Is this Gabriel Sanchez? Yes, it is. Oh, Are my you God, there? you're here. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. I have to be nervous. If these people knew what I knew, and hopefully by the end of this hour they will know as much as, as we both know about you, I mean, there's a lot to be nervous about. You're spectacular and amazing, and I tell you this every time I see you. You're so grounded, so down-to-earth, so spectacular, I can't even stand it. Thank you, sweetie. You're so sweet. Oh, well, it's true. I mean, and I don't think that a lot of the local musicians, and I think you'd be the first one to agree with me, a lot of times, unfortunately, you are not um, given as much exposure, and there isn't as many accolades, per se, um, from individuals, meaning from a professional side of things for you guys. And so, you know, I always feel like pumping you guys up is always a necessity, going to gigs, letting you know that you guys are doing a terrific job, um, and you're one of those that I think, really, you could do a whole award show around Gabriel Sanchez, just my personal opinion. I'm sure Kerry Cody would agree with that. It's true. <laughs> not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. You know what can I say? Um, there's a whole lot that I want to ask about, and unfortunately, one of the problems with being in my position is um, normally I get a chance to really kind of super dig and research into everybody. But you're very private, and whether you know it or not, there's not a whole lot about you out there, unfortunately, um, for me to find out. So I couldn't dig up everything I wanted to. So I kind of have to dig at <laughs> you to kind of find out um, who you are. Did you know that though? I mean, if you Google you. You see the band stuff, but you don't see a lot of Gabriel stuff. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I pretty much try to keep private, you know, my private life. Um, I don't put my whole entire self out there. I mean, musically, of course, yeah, I want to um, put myself out and let people know what I do um, and why I do mm-hmm. it. Because I try to also do a lot of charity stuff whenever I can, So, um, which I think, I think everybody should try to do that every once in a while. Just do something to help people because it's just the right thing to do. Oh, exactly. I try to keep it to myself in mean, my own personal life as to outside of the music world. Um, I have a lot of very good friends, and if um, they want to know something, they can ask me, you know. No, of course. No, I agree with you. It's just harder from a journalistic standpoint because I'm like, hmm, how do we shape this interview? So I think I've shaped it as best as I can. So um, unusually, or I should say usually, the first thing we start talking about is music, but I don't want to do that right off the bat with you because there's some elements about you that I think people don't know that I think they should know about. So first off, let's kind of start talking about your business, um, which is Shape Productions LLC. I know you do three different components, the photography and the videography and the web design. So talk to me a little bit about, I want to know, when you initiated this, why you initiated it, and how did you get your um, background experience in order to start a corporation like this? The actual business itself, Chess Productions, um, started because I was doing several bands. Well, actually, mainly the Prince Band, I should say. Um, was That was the main force that drove me to that, just to work the money through that, the checks, writing the checks out to everybody. It's just, there's 14 people, that whole entourage, with the 
road guys and, you know, the band, the sound guy, the makeup sure. you know, person, blah, blah, blah. There's too many people to keep track of without having one big lump place to go to to pay everybody and whatnot. So that's where it started, really. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I've always loved to take photography. Um, I've been doing um, graphics for years. So I went to uh, to school and and just took a, a course and, and learned how to how to do web design and and um, just doing it on the side now. It isn't like a full force. I mean, music is the main thing right now to me, but um, that's just something I do on the side. If somebody needs it, you know, I, I'll help them out. Um, obviously try to give them a really good deal. But um, that's what I, I do on the side is, you know, photography, video and uh, actually video was the last thing I kind of threw in there at the last minute one of the courses I took was a, a video class I didn't realize how much I loved video editing until I took this class so I was like oh, really? I wish I would have known this earlier I would have taken more video classes I just love it yeah it's awesome Nice, very nice. Now, I know a lot of times some of my musician friends, who you probably know, have come to me and asked me this question before. Because you have some of these capabilities through your company, is it possible for you to, or have you even in the past, partnered with fellow musicians to kind of sit down and record music for them? Like, let's say a musician comes to you and says, hey, I need a little help, I need a little cleaning up on this sound, on this song. Are you, do you have the capability, or do you do that, or do you have the time to do that? Um, I have something here at my house that I can do pretty decent stuff um, I wouldn't probably do a full CD type kind of stuff, but I uh, I uh, can do demos. I think. I mean, it's good enough for for demos and and doing. Um, I mean, like smaller level type stuff. I wouldn't, uh, like I said, I wouldn't put a, a CD. I'm just not that um, that versed on that that kind of stuff. For um, I know what I can I can pull off and what I can't, and that's something I wouldn't. Makes perfect sense. Probably do on my. I got gotcha. you. Now, on the flip side, of course, when it comes to the photography side of things, like I had Jordan Ansel on my show. Now, he I know he does top to bottom. He'll do children. He'll do you know families. He'll do adults. He'll do events, things like that. Do you have a specialty item that you do in terms of that, or are you across the board just photography in general? Well, right now, um, I shoot school photos. There's uh, somebody, actually a, a good friend of mine owns a photo company that shoots just school okay. photos. Um and he hires me. Um, I work during the week, go to schools, different school every single day, and just shoot, whether it's groups, classroom stuff, or, um, you know, yearbook type photos. So mm-hmm. that's why I mean during the day, um, like four or five days out of the week. Oh, wow. And I, I, love I didn't realize photos. there was so much photography. Yeah. I love taking photos. Wow. Okay, so now here's a dumb question because I've been on your Facebook page and I've been on all of your different various musician pages. And I'm here to tell you, or I'm the first one to tell you, I don't know if you notice this or not, but there's a certain look um, that comes across when you take pictures. And more recently, some of the recent photos that I've seen you do are just amazing and incredible. So I was just curious to ask, who does your photography for you? Because they just capture you, and maybe it's just me, but they capture you in such a light that it just it shows off your good side. I mean, not that you have a bad side, but you know what I'm saying? It just, it really captures the essence of you. Um, the the person that actually takes the the bulk photos, if you see something that I, I have that's going to be for, for my main promo stuff, it's a very good friend of mine, Lisa Cuevas. I've known her pretty much most of my entire life. Um, she's 
she's awesome. She knows how to use the camera better than I do, actually. Um, wow. Yes, yeah, so if anybody wants any photos, whether it's weddings, parties, I would probably go to her. Um, I could give you her number. Um, if anybody wants, get in, get in touch with me, Facebook or wherever, okay. and uh, check you guys up. She's awesome. I imagine so. Like I said, I, and again, we're all our own worst critics. So a lot of times I'll have somebody take a picture of me and I'm like, oh, I don't know. But somebody else looks at it and they're like, they just capture it in such a, such an essence. So she's really got a, she's got a talent for that. I got to tell you, because like I said, I've seen you in lots of pictures, but this is just, it really brings out you more so. More side of this talented, very vocal musician, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, I, I I think it's great. That's just my two cents. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so I, awesome. I wanted yeah, I wanted to start out on the business side of things because, like I said, a lot of times when people look at local musicians, the first thing they think of is, oh, yeah, he's got a day job, and then he does the music stuff at nighttime, but I know that you had had that company to begin with. So I'm like, let's talk first about your business before we start getting into the music thing. Now, I want to kind of transcend a little bit into the um, Wisconsin Conservatory of Music, which is where I know you took your vocal training from. So tell me a little bit about how long were you there, and then second of all, why the choice to the Conservatory of Music? Because as I understand it, a lot of the other musicians in town are either um, self-taught as it relates to vocals or have gone to different schools, you know, UWM, some of the other ones. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, the reason why I went there was because, you know, I just heard a lot of great things about mm-hmm. that, that, that school, and I wanted to learn how to sing properly and well. So I took two years' worth of classes there, and it was worth every penny. I mean, which is why I can sing the way I do today is because of, I took classes there for two years. It, I wish I can go back, but in fact, I've been planning, I've been saying that I do want to go back. Um, you know, you should never stop learning. So um, at some point, I'm probably going to find myself back there because it does help. It's a tremendous help. If anybody ever wants to, you know, get into singing more, that's something, if anything, at least for a couple of months, just to get something in. It's worth every cent. Nice. Very nice. You know, one of the interesting questions I was thinking about to ask you when I was sitting here and I thought about this and doing your vocal training and such, I've heard you sing high, I've heard you sing low, I've heard your range and pitch change dramatically from one show to the next, which always amazes me. Um, So my question to you is, would you ever consider going out of your element and doing something like an operatic sort of thing? Because I'm like... I've heard you get higher in, in, in pitch. Do you know what I'm trying to say? But I don't think I've ever heard you go that to that extreme. So I was wondering, just how far does your range or pitch go? You know, I don't know. Um, years ago, I was I was tested and I was told I had a I was almost a full three octave vocal range. I was one note away from being a true bass. That was a long time ago. Wow. My vocals have actually stretched, so I can sing higher and a little bit lower now. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of interested in finding that out, how high or low I can go now. Because there are songs that I used to okay. struggle with, and now that I've been singing a lot more and um, actually like three, four times a week, you know, your voice gets stronger if you keep using it. And I also push myself a lot, so I found that now I can sing a song that used to make, I had to push really hard to get these certain notes out, and now they're coming really easy, which means that my vocals are stretching and I have a wider range. So... Mm-hmm. Nice. Very nice. Now, um, somebody was asking me this question the other day who is an up-and-coming sort of musician, and I'm like, this is a perfect Gabriel question for you. Because, like, Carrie, you know, when Carrie and I had our interview, one of the things we talked about is how she takes care of her, you know, 
throat and, and her voice, etc. Now, this is a two-component question here. First of all, I want to ask the identical question to you, which is, of course, obviously because you're out and about and you're singing a little bit more than Carrie is, finding out how you take care of your voice in such a good manner to where you can be constantly singing, you know, four or five times, if not more a week. And then second of all, to somebody who's first coming into the music scene here who wants to establish themselves vocally, outside of the actual formal training, are there other tricks of the trade maybe you could offer? Do you know what I mean? Like things you've kind of picked up and learned on that can kind of improve you vocally. Water. Water is the best thing to do. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, at show, that's what I mainly drink is water. I'm I'm not a drinker. Um, I may have a a glass of wine if I, you know, like socially. But Mm -hmm. um, if I do drink at a show, it's very rare I might have a glass of wine, but mainly I'm drinking water. If you ever see me at a show, I'm drinking water or hot tea. Mm-hmm. One of the three. Right. That's the best thing to do. But mainly water, that's, that's the best thing, actually. Okay, now my other question relative to the vocal thing, because I know I have said this publicly before, because people keep nagging at Cindy that she should get on stage and she should sing. Now, there's a very small inclination for me to sing, but I think we all know that some of us are just not, you know, I'm a writer. That's what I do. I'm like, I'm really good at that. So um, if you put a lot of booze in me, I'll stand up in front of a room and I'll sing because I don't care then. Do you know what I'm saying? But if somebody like me who has absolutely no talent whatsoever, and I know I have no talent, but I'm like, you know what, maybe just once. You know, if I just want to dabble in this a little bit um, and I don't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to something like that, um, I mean, what do you do? I mean, do you just sit and listen to music and kind of lip sync a little bit? Do you go to one of your friends like you and say, hey, Gabriel, teach me how to sing real quick? Do you know what I'm saying? Because some people might be out there that want to dabble in it, but are just too kind of timid to. You know what I mean? Because I think that's what my problem yeah. is. I think you just jump in and do it, and then and then come oh down God. Wednesday night to my old jam and and do it live. <laughs> oh my God! Nothing like let's just throw you into the wolves and everyone can laugh at you when you sound really stupid or anything. Yeah, right. Give me a break. Um, it's hard. It's tough because there's a lot of. Um, when you're standing with you and Rudy Z and and Phil and, of course, Junior, everybody that comes to the Open Jam, you're all very seasoned musicians. You know what I'm saying? So there's a, there's a lot of pressure, I, I think, to go stand up on a stage. The one nice thing about what you do is not only are you welcoming to every musician that comes in the door and you'll say, you know what, if you want to turn, come on up and, and take a turn and do a song or two or whatever. You don't turn anybody away. You're not consistent with this is my stage, this is my show, et cetera. And I love the fact that you're so welcoming. In fact, many of the musicians, I've told you this, have come to me and have said to me, one of the best open jams we've ever had. Um, and, of course, it's the same way at the Vanna Bar on Thursday nights. You're very welcoming. You're very open. You're like, come and try this, and you're so encouraging. Um, and that's refreshing to see, in fact. Uh, one of the things that I'd like to have you do over time is to establish yourself. I mean, I know that you're established Wednesdays and Thursdays for open jam, but kind of just – partnering with somebody to have your own place where local musicians or other musicians can come in, whether they're starting out or whether they're trying to learn an instrument and, and you kind of mentor them. Um, I was curious to ask you if you've done that in the past, act as a mentor or a teacher of sorts to others professionally or not. Well, I have, I have people that ask me questions, you know, about singing or whatever, or, or writing. Um, recently just had a, a couple of friends ask me to help them out to write We've been meeting on Monday nights and just doing some songs, just kind of busting out some chords and having somebody do a singing pattern or whatever. And, we're, and they don't know how to write too well, so that's why they came to me. And I'm like, well, let's try this. And then I explain what I'm trying to get across, why I'm doing a certain thing or whatever. And um, they're, they're learning, and, you know, 
But you're always learning also. When you when you write, you're learning because you're sometimes you find some new ideas. Oh, yeah, I've never done that before. And so that's always a, a fun door to open up. Just just go, just jumping in and doing stuff. And that's what I'm teaching them. It's just you need to open up and just don't be afraid to screw up when you're writing. When you're writing with somebody, if you go off key or if you screw up something, who cares? You know, you're writing that kind of type of stuff. Or vocally, like Carrie Cody and other friends of mine um, have asked me stuff about vocals, and I'll just give them pointers that I learned, whether it was from my teacher when I took vocal lessons or on my own. I've learned just singing for the years that I've been doing it a lot of stuff on my own. You know, you. You learn from doing. You know, you do something over and over and over again, you're going to learn right. on your Repetitive. own as well. Oh, of course. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, if I did this, you know, and I'm always listening to myself. Whenever I sing, I'm not just, like, singing. I'm, like, listening and making sure I'm singing the notes properly and the tones. Am I coloring the note right? And if not, mm-hmm. how can I do it better next time? And the next time I do it, you know, I'll do it different. And then that's how I learn, just doing that, you know, taking a song and, when I learn that kind of voice, I can use that voice or that note on a different type of song. I'm like, yeah, I did this before. I can do it over here. So you learn. You know, I'm teaching them that, right. how to do stuff like that. And so, yeah, I help people whenever I can. If they ask, I'm not going to just go out and just tell people, oh, yeah, by the way, do this. You know, it's, if they want to know if I can help sure. them, I will. Makes perfect sense. And, you know, that brings up another question on the writing um, side of things because, of course, obviously – I'm a writer, but I know first and foremost that I would have to try extremely and immensely hard for me to sit down and compose an actual song. But there are some friends of mine who are authors and have actually dabbled or tried to dabble in the songwriting thing. So talk to me a little bit about in terms of when you're actually composing your original songs. Um, how do you? Th- how is that so much more challenging in terms of, like I said, for me, I'm a generic author, meaning that I can do sizzles, treatments, I can do my radio show, things like that. But that is, um, you know, more journalistic sort of writing songwriting how does that vary what are the challenges or should i say what's the upside of doing you know songwriting as compared to other forms of writing you know because i'm sitting here with writer's block like every 10 minutes yeah see that's kind of strange it's um at least for me i mean i know that people who write songs they write differently like the guy that i'm writing with um who's doing the singing he has the lyrics already there and i'll give him a rhythm and he's literally putting a singing pattern to lyrics he already wrote. I write the complete opposite. To me, I write a rhythm I, and I write a vocal pattern. I'll mumble, or if a word comes out, that's how I write, and then I finish the lyrics afterwards. That's my process, but that's just me. You know, Elton John gets lyrics from Bernie, and he writes the lyrics or the music as he's reading the lyrics. That's his process. See, everybody's different. Everybody has their own huh. thing. That's mine is just doing well, music. Pl- but these, okay. sometimes everything comes out at once. There are those those kind of magic times where um, I, just, I grab the guitar and the lyrics, the singing pad, and the chorus all fun out at the same time. And I just, the song's done in like 10 minutes. That happens too. But it's, you never, so, you can't, there's no exact way of doing stuff, you know, because sometimes... You know, there are times also now I'll hear a melody I'll go with lyrics. Okay, but if I sing like this, then I got to find a chord. But that doesn't happen a lot. So it's with writing to me, it's weird. It's like it just happens as it happens. You know, mm-hmm. basically to me. 
Well, and the other thing, of course, too, I wonder about, because for me, it used to be when I was a younger writer, I'd go back and I would write, and then I would edit, then I would write, then I would edit, because I think all of us to some degree are some form of a perfectionist, you know what I mean? Like, wait, this just, oh, you, yeah. know, you know how you know, you know, you get it to that point where you're like, okay, now it's point on. Um, do you find yourself, are you overly critical of the things that you write, or is it more of a one and done sort of scenario for you? No, I'm very, very, very critical. Um, I knew it. <laughs> I mean, and I don't, I don't lie to myself. So if I have something and I'm like, oh, this sounds like crap, I'm not gonna lie to myself. And oh, this is the greatest song I've ever written. I was like, no. And what I do a lot too is just to make sure I'll walk away. If I write something and I like it, I'll walk away from it and come back later on, maybe even a week, where it's completely out of my mind and I'll, it'll be fresh when I hear it again. That's the, the true test to me. It's like, is this catching my ear right away? That's what I like to do. Gotcha. Make sure if, if I, I if I really am about something. Well, and that's why I said, like I said, a lot of times those of us who are perfectionists in this, and of course you know that you want everything to be one hundred and fifty percent on. It's like do it again, do it again, do it again, and that sort of good stuff. That's why sometimes I wonder with people like yourself, is it easier to partner with somebody? Do you know what I mean? Because you can compose something, look at them, and say, hey, is this on? Does this sound stupid? Do you know what I'm saying? Because um, I can't. And I'm not lying to you. I can't imagine Gabriel writing out three quarters of a song, crunching it up, throwing it in the garbage, and being like, "That's crap." I'm sorry, I just don't see you doing that. Or, or am I wrong here? Um, no, there are times I have taken an idea and just. I mean, there I have like ideas all the time floating in my head. So my iPhone is filled with little small sections of me either vocally singing a, a song idea, or I have a the, the guitar. You hear a strumming with the vocals. So I have like hundreds, you know, of ideas, and there are a lot, I'll tell you, there are a lot that I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? That sounds like shit, you know? <laughs> can, I say, can I say shit? I don't know. Um, yes, so, you can say shit on the internet. Go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't lie to myself, you know, but at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds, maybe I heard something different in my head, but then later on, when, you know, I'm coming with fresh ears, I'm not hearing the full idea in my head, because sometimes I can hear drums and whatever else is going to be in there. But then when I come back to it, I'm like, what was I thinking? And I'll just, I'll toss it, you know. But if there's a good idea, then okay, then we can build on this. And then you take it and you edit it and edit it until it sounds cool. Gotcha. Now, I'm, I'm interested to ask this other question. Again, this goes back to the writing of the music, of course, because some of us, like me, for instance, if I am stirred or motivated by very strong emotion, if I write about something or someone that I love, intensely, it's almost impossible for me to actually write about it or write to them per se. Whereas, for instance, I think that maybe, and I'm asking, if, you know, high emotion or high connectivity to someone or something is your motivator, because I know you had shared with me the song that you had written, you know, for your brother. And I thought to myself, I wonder if emotion, high emotion is one of his motivators. Um, For lyrics, yes. Um, Musically, I think it just, um, I think that there, there are already songs written out there and you just have to try to connect with them. And sometimes they come out as ideas, sometimes they come down as songs through you. And to me, that's, that's how I feel at least because it, it's almost like, like magic. It's just like, it just happens. So they're already floating out there. You just have to grab them. And... Whether it's something sparks it, um, somebody might say something, might 
you might meet somebody that just gives you a certain vibe or whatever. You read a book, you see a movie, you know, that can spark the, a thought before an idea. So it's always different, mm-hmm. you know. Again, you know, to me at least, on my end, songwriting is never the exact same. I mean, yeah, the process kind of might be, you know, like I said, the guitar and vocals, but it's not always the exact same. Sometimes it comes out in slower, sometimes they come in fast. There are songs I've been working on for years that aren't even done yet because I can't finish them. It's just I'm not happy with the parts because they haven't, they haven't, I don't know, I just haven't found the right section for whatever idea that is. So, um, but then, like I said, I've written a song in five, ten minutes, complete lyrics, you know, guitar parts, wow. vocal parts. So, really, it was different. That, that and then you wonder cool why. Well, then, then you I'm wonder sorry. why I say you're amazing. Did you hear yourself? I just wrote. You know, I wrote. Oh, I wrote a song in like five minutes. I'm like, did he just hear what he just said? Did you Did you hear that? Wow. That's those are. The, oh, I, I, I call those the, the magic songs that. Are always the, those are the better songs. I realize really? that those are songs that do grab people more when they do come out quicker. When I do play them out live, I do see people. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll kind of get into that certain song better. That doesn't happen all the time. I'll say that, but it mm-hmm. has happened pretty fast like that. I understand. I got it. Okay, so that explains to me in terms of that part goes. Now we're going to flip over to the other side and, and get away from the writing component a little bit and, of course, talk about you as a musician. I know that the three main things that you play, and this is, of course, self-taught, and actually I'm, I'm a huge advocate for self-taught instrumentation because tons of my friends locally here as well as non-locally um, are byproducts of that, and I think that's wonderful, even more amazing. It speaks volumes about who you are if you're capable to pick up an instrument and be able to teach yourself and learn and become as proficient as you are because I've seen you on the guitar, I've seen you on bass, I've seen you on drums, I've seen you on keys before, um, and, of course, obviously in the front, acoustically and vocally as far as that goes. So first off, I wanted to ask you, so I covered all the ground, are there other instruments that you do play that we just don't see or that you're versed in? No, not really. I mean, I'll dabble in other things, but... I wouldn't say I really play them. Okay. No. So, so no. I mean, just pretty much guitar, bass, keys, vocals, and drums. You know. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Also tambourine. Oh, tambourine. Sorry, we don't want to forget that important one because that one is so difficult. I've got to tell you, even I played that one. I'm going to give my kudos on that one. I got no music talent, but I can bash a tambourine like the day is long against my hip. I'm just going to say that much. Um, if, <laughs> if we looked at all of these different if we look at all those different instruments that you play, and and you know, and and again, this is just my forethought. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so here he is, all of a sudden playing the guitar. Then he runs towards the back where Junior would normally play, for instance, kick him out. And let's say, okay, let's do the drums. So then Gabriel's on drums all of a sudden. Um, what range from top to bottom for me, the easiest to the most difficult for you to play, and why? Meaning, why is one so easy and one more difficult for you? Um, I'm gonna say it's pretty even on guitar and drums and vocals. Um, I mean, guitar, I had to, I mean, I did play a lot, just, you know, picking up records and and learning the songs. So that's how I kind of practiced that way. On drums, I literally practiced like five hours a day when I was, I was a kid. Like in high school, I would literally skip school to go practice drums and just play till I had blisters and then just kept going until the blisters popped and I didn't want to stop. So I had to, switch fingers and I just kept playing, you know, and just played and played and played until I got better. 
Um, so I've, I'm comfortable mm-hmm. now behind a kit. I'm very at ease. I don't feel. Um, I mean, I know what I can I can pull off, and I I can pull it off well. And there's stuff that I know I can't. And I, I live, I won't probably go to a, a crazy thing that I, would, I know I can't pull off. But um, I feel very comfortable. Where if somebody wants to jam, I could I could hop behind a kit and jam with them. Um, rhythm guitar, yeah, you know we can get there. Soloing, I'm still kind of new at soloing. I'm about, maybe about a year year and a half at full out soloing. Um, gotcha. I'm I'm fortunate to have a lot of really good players around me that know theory, and they give me a little bit of theory enough for me to know what to do in certain solos. Like if somebody says we're going to play in the key of G now today, I know how to what notes would fit in if there was a major or minor. I'll go okay, then you're gonna it's going to be here, and then I know where to pretty much go. Where years ago, a couple of years ago, I was I'd be lost. I was like, I don't know where to go. And I've always wanted to learn. And I finally am like, you know what? I'm going to just start asking my friends to help me out and show me a couple of scales and, you know, I'm doing it. So constantly learning, you know, just got to keep moving. You can't stay stagnant. No, of course not. Definitely not. And one thing that I do notice about you, I don't know if you notice this about yourself. And, again, um, keep in mind, folks, that I'm I'm – usually trying to be out and about to see as many musicians as humanly possible. And I've been very blessed to be able to see Gabriel on a number of different occasions. And one of the things that I note as being a spectator at some of your different events is that you blend amazingly well and transform yourself from one gig to another gig, meaning when you're standing and playing with one band versus another versus another. You know, when you're at Open Jam standing next to Rudy and you two are playing guitar, you complement each other very well versus, let's say, for instance, when I saw you at Saloon on Calhoun and you were doing the Three Little Pigs thing. The way that you correspond and the the body language and the actual musical communication that goes on between you is just in in sync, completely in sync. You've picked partners that you mesh amazingly well with. And I don't know if that's a coincidence or is this something that was planned and you just partnered yourself with like minds and like players. Make sense? Yeah. um, Well, basically, I think I'm I'm very lucky that I just have a really big group of extremely talented people players, whether it's drums, guitar, vocals, keyboard players. I mean, it just, I find these really good players that don't have these big attitudes like, oh, I'm the greatest player. And I mean, I mean, I know some just phenomenal, crazy, good, talented people like, like Joe Hyde, for instance, to me is one of the most talented mm-hmm. people in this city. And he does not act like it. I mean, this guy is so down to earth. You know, Chris Crow, another really good, talented person. Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're all, they're all down to earth people. They're not going to talk down to you because they're such great players and they know music very well. I mean, that's the theory part of it and all that stuff. Um, and I just always try to surround myself with people that know music very well, better than me actually, because that pushes me to be better. So if, if they're on the stage with me, I'm like, oh, I better make sure I'm on my toes and not going to screw up, you know, so I purposely do that. I've done that for a long time. I try to get people that are, um, you know, on a certain level, you know, and I don't want to sound bad, but it's like if, if there's somebody that's still just trying to learn, um, yeah, I'll help them. But to to be, you know, in a, in a, a full band with me, uh, be a little bit a different story because I just, I, I have to try to feel like I need to, A, grow on stage with them as well as make sure I'm, I'm a better 
player with them, try to, you know, stand next to them and not feel like I'm not pulling my own weight. Um, and like I said, but I, if, I don't want to sound bad, like, but if, if, I'd love to help people to try to get to that level. I tell people that all the time, try to surround yourself with people that are better than you um, just because they're going to make you better. Just by listening to them, playing with them, um, it'll, it'll make you better all around. Oh, of course. I definitely would agree with that. I think a lot of times who you surround yourself with actually encourages you, motivates you, as you said, excels, helps you to excel and try to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So kudos to you yeah. as far as that goes. I just want to throw that out there. Because sometimes, you know, when you're in the thick of it, you don't really notice that stuff. But the presentation, uh, and this is in a lot of things, whether you're doing prints or the other stuff, I, I think across the board, your uniform, like like you're saying in terms of who you align yourself with, who you play with, and and the possibilities are endless when you do things like that, obviously. That kind of goes without saying. Um, now, quick question before we move on to the next thing, because um, we're going to get into, obviously, the CD and the Kickstarter campaign a little bit later. But my question is, um, are you focusing more so primarily on doing the vocals on um, this CD, or are you also playing as well? Because I wasn't sure about that. Well, the one song that I have done so far, I did um, guitars, all the guitars, drums, Actually, Tony Schuler and I okay. both did drums together. Um, and um, as far as the keys and the bass, um, I had somebody else come in. Dan Palmasano did keys, and Ryan Fitzgerald did mm-hmm. the bass. Both of them are in different projects with me as well. Um, I'm going to probably have uh, Dan Palmasano and, and probably Joe Height do the keys for the CD. I don't think I can play the keys that... I need to be played myself. Um, again, I don't lie to okay. myself. I'm not going to um, think that I'm this great, you know, keyboard player, which I'm not. Um, and they are at a certain level that I need them to be in, so I'm going to ask them to do it on the bass. I'm probably going to have Ryan play it. I might have a couple of different bass players. I'm not sure about that yet. I haven't gotten to that point of um, who is going to be playing the entire CD with me. Um, as, far, as far as drums, I think I'm going to do all the drums, all the lead vocals. I'm probably going to have a couple of guest backing vocalists. Tracy Sparks was on the ah. song that I had um, already. So she's going to be back, I'm guessing, for some more backing vocal stuff, as well as, well as other friends of mine. Yay, we like to hear that. Friendship and preparation. I'm sorry? Okay. No, no, no. Go ahead, dear. Go on. Um, I'm going to have Jeremy Jason playing guitar for the, the CD. Um, so probably him and I are going to finish all the guitar parts together. So that's the beer. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't hear the name. Is Karen Cody going to be on that? You never know. I was so never know it was going to be. Heck yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I'm curious about that. But, of course, you know, we already know that you're going to be partnered together on something, but still, I, w- I was just wondering. And the reason I say that is because when I was looking at some of, um, when I was doing some of the research, the one thing that I didn't know for sure, because I know that you've worked with a chorus before, for instance, and obviously in the Prince experience, you have a, a very elaborate stage presentation, so there's a bunch of different singers on there. But would you ever consider with just your, I don't want to call them regular bands, but for instance, you know, your solo act or, for instance, V2, et cetera, would you consider just having a couple girls as backup singers maybe for a gig or two? Because I thought to myself, that would really be cool. Or have you done that? Because I'm sorry, to the best of my knowledge, I didn't think you did. No, no. Um, I like 
I like the. I mean, if I'm doing a, a duo, I'm going to keep it a duo. I mean, I I like to have the the different acts that I have separate. I don't want to have them. You know, I I there's a reason why I do the solo or a duo or a trio. It's whatever the place, the venue is calling for. If they want me to do, you know, a, an acoustic solo show, I can pull that off. Yeah, sure, let's do it. Uh, they want more of it and get my duo, you know, Scott to come in and, and play drums and and sing. You know, Scott Bellhumer is uh, the the drummer for the right. Gabriel V2. Um, and then if they want mm-hmm. a little bit more, I can do gigs, you know, and. Um, and it, so I want to constantly be building. So um, the answer would be no. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe well, for that's a good answer, kind of, sort of. For special, so maybe yeah, but not on a regular basis. I gotcha. I just thought it would be neat, only because I've, I've heard you both ways, and I have to tell you, I've always thought the background singing and the extra vocals and stuff—you know that yourself. A lot of times, it can enhance things, depending, like you're saying, on the venue oh, and such. So just yeah. we're just throwing out ideas. Yeah, that's all throwing it out there. Okay, now we're going to switch gears because we have to talk about you as a person because I do this with everybody that comes on because, yes, it's true. We hold all of you in the highest esteem that we actually put you on a pedestal, and a lot of times people don't think that um, you probably go to the bathroom, take a shower, and I know it's a drastic thing, but it's like musicians are held in very high regard. So you're almost, I don't know, what's the word for it? Um, Yeah, you're just put on that pedestal where people just look at you and think to yourself, they're just this awesome, amazing person who doesn't have a regular personal life. So I want to talk about a few things that I know about you. First of all, I don't know where you're getting your recipes for food. And I don't know if it's just because you're a little different ethnically than I am, but I saw those little Mexican cookies that you had on your page. I was like, oh, my God, why is he not bringing any to my house? I brought him truffles. He didn't bring me any damn cookies. Um, and I see on rare occasion you'll post up different food that you do. So I was just curious to see, you know, because you have such a hectic schedule and such, um, where'd you learn how to cook? And by the way, is it just the baked good stuff that you do, or is it actually you're just a kick-ass cook too? I mean, both. I, I do. I cook. I mean, I don't really cook or bake a whole lot, but I do like it. Um, I mean, my whole entire family um, grew up cooking, you know, so right. it's just something that um, we've always done. So it's yeah, just a regular family thing. We've learned. You know, I asked my my brother to show me how to make Mexican rice, you know, and uh, just mm-hmm. did it over and over again, and uh, just stuff like that. Just Got beans, you know. I I I do my own um, my own twist on the, the beans, but um, you know, I asked my mom how does she make hers because I used to love the way she makes hers, and I would get her way and then add my own twist to it. I love to add bacon to it. Really? Yeah. Now that is different. That is that is really different, actually. Like yeah, like I said, because a lot of times, you know, most people who lead a life like you do, which is I can't even believe the guy's got forty five seconds to breathe because he's involved with so much. You would think that you know the domesticity of you is, is minute. You know what I mean? Because you're not home long enough most of the time. I gather um, the fact that you have a cat. I understand why you have a cat, and not a dog, obviously, because it's like dogs take a lot of time and maintenance. I understand that. And oh my God, people look on his Facebook page because if I could have liked that picture of you and the cat about seventy times, I would. He's got his head just kind of rested on his cat in the cutest little way, and I'm like, did you plan that or something? Because it's adorable. It like shows this whole other side of you. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. Yeah, man. no, I didn't. Kidding. I didn't plan it. Just, it, just, <laughs> it just happened. One of those photos. I just, I was laying on him. I'm gonna take Aww. a quick picture. So it looks Aww, pretty. Oh, look at that. Cute. That's so cute. Now, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is, um, and I know this might sound a little strange because you know you're a little bit 
Well, actually, I could ask you how old you are, and you could tell me to kiss your butt. But, yeah, because you're maybe the same age as me, because I'm 45. I'm old, and I don't mind admitting that I'm just freaking old. But I don't know if you're willing to admit. 40s? 30s? Help me out. I'm 49. Get out. You are a liar. I'm still calling bullshit right now, because you know what? You look like you're 35. 49? (laughs) Seriously? No, I'm not going to lie. No, seriously. Okay, one thing that, um, and I'm just curious, this is a personal question, obviously, but I was always curious about, you you have a very, if people don't know you, the first thing that they should know about you on a personal side of things is you have a very, not only a very calm and soothing voice, but you have a very tender disposition to you. When you speak to someone, you're very kind, you don't holler, I've never seen you raise your voice, I've never seen you lose your temper. Um, You know, you have a very giving and loving spirit. So I asked myself the obvious question, which is, I would have expected you um, to have kids. Does that sound silly? Because you would make I'm a sorry, great dad. Oh, again? I would have expected you to. I would have expected you to be a dad because you would have been a wonderful father. Do you know what I mean? I do have a son. I do have a son. I didn't know that. How do I not know this? <laughs> See, this is this is what happens when people keep their personal stuff hidden, and I can't creep on them. See, I can't dig up all this stuff if I don't know. And I apologize for not knowing that. So talk to me a little bit about your boy, because now I'm curious and I'm excited. I want to know, if you don't mind talking about him. No, he's he's 22 years old. His name is Marco. Okay. Marco Sanchez. Okay. Um, and lives in Madison. Is he... Oh, okay. And is um, he a chip-off so block in terms of musically? I'm sorry, say it again, please. Oh, I, no, no, I'm sorry. Is he a chip off the old block? Meaning, like, for instance, obviously, you know, I interviewed Marcel, and, of course, obviously, Sam is involved in the business. So I'm just curious. A lot of times the kids tend to gravitate to what you do. So I was just curious if he himself is a musician. Yeah, he does. He plays guitar and he plays drums. Um, oh, nice. I had him. I had him play, come out once and play with us. He wanted to play drums for a song. And okay. he got really nervous during the the song and, and he screwed up and he's like, Oh, I screwed up like that's fine and like whatever and he said that he felt too much pressure because everybody's gonna expect him to be this great player. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Well because everybody knows how good you are I'm like, don't you know, just be who you are. Right. So I try right. to explain that to him that he doesn't have to you know he just has to do whatever he can do, you know. But that's all I've done with anything. Any band I I've, I've been in, you know I've never been one of those, like, oh, this band's better than that or the the way that we are, the players. It's just do what you do, you know, and just and right. just go have fun. That's what I try to explain to him. And, you know, he doesn't, and he doesn't play as, as much as I did at his age because he's he's working a lot now at McDonald's. He's, a, like, a, a manager now there, so he's running one of the, the stores. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. Because, like I said, I did not know. I can't believe I didn't know that. I feel very stupid now. So I apologize about that. I'll have to do my owning no, skills a little bit better next time. But thank you. Um, uh, one thing that I wanted to ask is tell everybody something about Gabriel that would just shock the hell out of them. Like, oh my God, I would have never believed that Gabriel did this or does this or has a hobby of this or whatever. Share, if you won't mind, something that's very atypical of you. Huh. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm a big Osmonds fan. 
No, you're not. Really? Seriously? Yeah, the Osmonds. I love them. The Parker's family, oh too. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to get a little bus and I could just see you know, packing up all the musicians, get the big bus and go on out and do a little tour bus thing? That would be totally cool. How funny. Yeah, like I said, a lot of times when when musicians are private, it's really difficult to learn a, a lot because some people want to, you know, some people that are out there always, you know, throw everything out there, and there's some people that are very personal, and I try to respect people's privacy. But sometimes it's kind of cool to see, yeah, even you are a normal guy and you like these sorts of things and all that good stuff. Um, now, before we get into the actual, all the different bands that you're in right now, I kind of want to take a step back because I myself am curious you know, the road paved to success isn't always an easy one for some people, and sometimes it's also paved with, you know, you were in different bands at a different point in time in your life. So maybe just start off, you know, when you first got, tell me when you first got the bug or the itch to first start doing music, meaning either playing or composing, and then kind of take us, you know, through a walkthrough, because I know that you used to be in Doc Hammer and Yikes, those two bands originally, but just kind of give us a summation of how you started out back then to eventually getting close to where you are right now musically in terms of just a little bit of history on that well there hasn't been i can't even remember a time when when music wasn't such a a major force in my my life um i mean as, as long as i can remember it's been like this big thing that's been part of me like i've always wanted to either listen to it or i would i'm always i would be singing or you know, as a as a kid writing my own ideas i would sing my own songs to myself you know and mm-hmm. to to songs and 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 dream of myself on stage playing them when I was a kid, you know that kind of type of stuff um so then when I started to to play guitar and drums um in my my teens, I just um you know obviously gravitated towards writing right away too, as well as you know learning cover songs that is gonna help you learn by by learning songs it's gonna say, oh, that's how they wrote their song, and you learn from that. Which I think is a very good idea that that people do learn other people's songs just for that exact reason. If you want to be a songwriter, um, I know I've actually gotten better as a songwriter from doing that because you you learn different chords, um, different structures, um, just just gives you a different outlook on on writing, gives you ideas to to try different stuff. Um, sure. So yeah, I did that in my teens, and then later on. I, uh, my first, I mean, I had a, a band, I'm seeing a, a high school, I think it was my Animals, a band called Animal with Medi Stans and myself. Um, mm-hmm. a very good friend of mine, um, plays, plays guitar. We formed a band called Animal. I sang in that one. After Animal was over with, later on, Nettie and I formed Doc Hammer. And uh, Doc Cameron was a was a pretty big force here around town. I played drums in that one. Nettie played mm-hmm. guitar. Uh, a, a bass player, John Bosco, and David Morsey was the lead singer. And uh, yeah, we we played around town for about five years. But uh, it was a really good time. I I learned a lot during that period as well. Okay. Uh, after that, I after that band broke up, I formed a band called the Yikes where I played guitar and I sang in. And I had the idea for that band was I wanted big harmonies, power pop rock, um, high, higher energy type stuff. And um, mm-hmm. I had Michael Sean 
join in, um, as well as a few other people that probably aren't even in the area anymore. Um, so nobody yeah. would actually know of them, but Alex Herman sure. um, was on, on bass. I don't think anybody's going to remember him, but he's a really good bass player, phenomenal singer. He could sing these really super high notes that was just like, just my job would be on the ground. Like, how are you doing this? I mean, loud, loud high notes. I was like, perfect for what I was looking for. So Alex was uh, mm-hmm. a perfect part for that that band. But Danny Walters was actually the original bass player for Yikes. Um, ah. I forgot, yeah, Danny Walters. He's a. He's, I love him. He's a very good friend of mine. I do too. I forgot why. What happened? I love him was, too. Uh, he ended up leaving Yikes, and we got Alex Herman. But um, yeah, Danny okay. was the first bass player. Yikes. Okay. Wow, I had no idea that you played with so many different no. people. I'm learning. I'm mean, like getting an education as I'm listening to you. I'm like, oh my god, he played with this guy and this guy and this guy, and I'm like, oh, wow. Well, Speaking of um, yikes, we're going to do question, a show pretty soon, or in, in June. Really? We're doing a show. Yeah. I'm right um, I'll have to. Okay. I'll, and, have a, I'll have a post it once we get everything set in stone, but um, okay. we're looking at either May or, or June nice. to do a, a yikes show. That should gotcha. be fun. So now, oh, definitely. Now, I imagine so, and just by envisioning in terms of uh, your mother, uh, she has to be just flabbergasted with just, pride and joy and just thinking to herself, oh, my God, look at how my, my little boy, basically, which is how we view our children, look at how my little boy turned out. Um, so she has she come and watched you play and participated in events and such, and, and, and is she an integral part of this? Oh, my, my parents both are awesome. Um, they're very great people, actually. Um, I mean, they've, they've taught me a lot um, just to be as a, a, a better human, actually, there's stuff that they've done. I'm like, I don't know how you're you're doing this, but like I we had friends steal from us at some point years ago when we were kids and and uh a couple of years later my mom had them over for dinner. I'm like, what are you doing, Mom? They stole from us. She's like, you have to learn to, to put things in the past and you have to you actually have to forgive. Even that type of stuff. Sure. I'm like, really? And yeah, after they you're gonna love like, No. Just stuff like that. They're just very good people and, and they were always very open about me playing. They're like, yeah, go ahead, you know, pursue playing. And they, they actually literally let me set up my drum set in the living room and practice drums when I was a kid. And I would pound away. And oh, my God. For hours. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty cool, I thought. I mean, not many parents would allow you to take over the front room with the whole drum set. You know, I imagine. That's pretty wonderful, actually. That's very encouraging, and it's nice to see that because, of course, I've talked on multitudes of different shows about sometimes parents are, we as adult parents always want our kids uh, to do the best and to have the best and all that good stuff. And sometimes some parents will come across and say, you know, being a musician isn't exactly what we call a lifestyle that you can rely on. You know what I'm saying? Because, you, you know, yeah. in Milwaukee, as we all know, it's tough to get constant, consistent gigs. It's tough to get paid really well. It's tough to maintain a lifestyle on this when this is all you're doing, as you know. I mean, even if you get big time, et cetera. Um, sometimes it's, you know, if you're not, it's not a way to make a million a lot of times. That's why I'm like, I'm really, yep. I'm glad to hear that your parents are so encouraging of that and all that good stuff. Um, did you hold an actual day job at some point in time before you got to where you are now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um I did all different kinds of stuff, you know, whether it was the, – the last job I did, I was at a company that built cases, like hard shell cases for mm-hmm. um, 
all different kinds of clients, but they did a lot of hospital type stuff, like huge boxes that would roll in whatever whatever they were rolling in. But they gave us these certain sizes to make boxes, whether they were big or small. I mean, they would ship items to the company and they would give it to certain people, either whether it was myself or somebody else. We would measure it out and have to figure out what size the box would be with how much foam should be in there, blah, 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 you know, just um, so actually, you know, to design it from top to bottom. And I enjoyed that, actually. That was a really good time. Um, But I ended up having to leave because it just, uh, the owner and I just had a a huge falling out. So I had to. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hetzler was the one who actually got me, talked me into really, going into music full-time. He said, just do it. Just jump in. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do it for a while, and I just did it. And here you and are I'm now. So good thing you just jumped and did it. Exactly, and you're still doing it, which is absolutely awesome. Well, thank you for that, like I said, because a lot of times most people don't realize, you know, they're meeting you now or me- they're meeting you when you're in the current bands, of course. So, you know, obviously you came from somewhere. That kind of goes without saying, and I realize that. And now we realize that, so thank you for that one. Um I want to start going into the breakdown, of course, of all the different projects that you are into. Um, I found this interesting. First of all, I'm not too big of a girl to admit this, and I know this is going to sound horrid, but I don't think I've ever seen the Prince Experience play, ever. Really? That's horrid, isn't it? Oh, my God, it's embarrassing. I know. I was, like, sitting here with Kurt today, and I'm like, did I see them? Wait, no, I saw Decorah, because Decorah, you know, Jen Decorah used to be in there, and I'm like, okay, wait, I had to see it. No, wait, no, did I? No, it's U.S. Project, and I'm starting to get confused, and I'm like, I've never seen um, your band, Prince Experience. But the good part is, hey, kids, before I forget, March 21st, they're playing at Northern Lights Theater, so guess who's going to be there? You're talking to her right now. That's me, um, to make up for it, because I feel horrid. Um because I do, I can't believe I've never seen this. I'm like, I've seen him in almost every other thing that you've ever played in, but I'm like, I've never seen it. And this is the big one. Um, and I have a couple questions about that because, of course, obviously, Gabriel is Prince himself and part of the Prince experience, which is the elaborate 14 people band, as you had mentioned, which is quite an accompaniment. Um, I know you you originally had been in a Purple Rain Theater production, which I think is interesting because I don't think I've ever heard of someone doing that sort of thing. Tell us how you got involved in that theater production. Um, did you ever, you yourself, notice the likeness or resemblance that you had to him, which is, was that what sparked the Prince experience? And then third of all, is it more or less complex and detailed to work with such a large ensemble? Okay. The the look part. Um, let me actually back up. Um, I had a friend, a roommate uh, at the time, who was involved in a, a local theater, and they were doing Purple Rain. And he told me about it. And I was like, oh, that's, that sounds fun. I said, just let me know when it is, and I'll buy tickets. I love that movie. And he said, no, no, we want you to do Prince, to be Prince in it. And uh, at first, I'm like, no way. I'm not going to do that. I, I, no, I'm not interested. And, but then I started thinking about it. I've always wanted to act. You know, I've written scripts before and, and had, you know, and, and did films, little short films. Um, you know, so I've always been into that type of stuff, but I never did it before. So I agreed. Okay. I said, okay, I'll do it. And uh had a couple of people go, oh, so you can sing and, and play guitar like him and dance like him. And I'm like, man, what did I get myself into? So I remember going <laughs> home from that bar that night and and putting on the songs and singing 
I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, it's, it's in my range at least. You know, lucky that I have a three vocal octave range so I can hit the notes at least easier than I, than I was I was hoping. I was like, oh, hopefully I can hit these notes because he can sing kind of high and he can sing pretty low. Right. So right. it was a matter of me getting the right coloring is what it is. You know, getting how is he coloring that note? You know, I can get there. I have to do the right sound, you know. Um, as far as the, the guitar, like I said, I didn't play lead guitar until about a year ago. I mean, full out. I mean, to know what I'm really doing. So basically what I okay. did is I sat down for countless hours with the, the CD for the certain song that I was going to solo, like, like on the song Purple Rain. Um, and I learned the solo by ear. So I didn't know what I was doing, but I just was playing what I learned by ear, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's how I, I played those those solos. And, okay, I got that covered. And then the dancing part was the weird one. It's like I knew, I always knew <laughs> I could dance kind of like sexual type. Like I've done it on my own without nobody seeing it. Like, you know, after you're done taking a shower, you're getting ready, you have your music on, and you're just, you know, whatever. Right. And I was yep. do that, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I can do that. I just never did it in front of people. So that was that was a challenge, um, and my whole entire family knows that I don't like dancing, and so they oh. were kind of laughing when we saw they finally saw the show, because they're like, "Look at you dancing!" You know, they're just laughing because they knew I was very shy about dancing. But basically, what I had to do is I had to mentally go to a certain place for me to do that. Right. You know, I just no way I could me as myself as Gabriel go out there and do that because Gabriel doesn't do that. Sure. So I had to go out there. Right. I had to learn to, to go to that a certain place. And I remember actually knowing that I was doing that when we were rehearsing and um you know, during and if you ever watched the movie the the father hits Prince and he slaps him across the face and he goes flying across the floor. But we were we were mm-hmm. doing that that part on, on stage and the father was like, Oh, I don't want to hit you. I said, No, hit me for real or just no, don't be afraid if you're gonna hit me too hard, just do it. And right. you know, we did the whole act in front of in front of the whole entire crew, and the band was playing the background music, apparently. And I remember after the scene, the father goes, wasn't that cool how the, the band played along with, with the parts that we were doing? I mean, were they? Mm-hmm. I was so focused on him and I doing our parts, nothing else existed. So that's how I knew I can do this. I'm like, okay, I, can, I have this now, because I can literally block everything off and just zoom into what I'm doing. So that's where I had to go to mentally whenever I did Prince. Now I could, it's like a, a snap. I could snap into that role really easy. It's actually become more part of me when I'm playing now. It's kind of weird. It's kind of morphed into it. But I guess that's kind of natural when you do something over and over. Like I said, yes. it's just going to become part of you. So, And I'm not going to try to not do it. Whenever I'm not doing Prince, I kind of feel some of that stuff coming out and you know, whenever I'm doing other stuff. But it's not really... Obviously, I'm not doing Prince, I'm not singing Prince, but some of that vibe is kind of there just because I've been doing it for so many years. So I, I don't have I to that try to go there mentally like I used to. You know, I was like, oh, I can't do this. Okay. My family's going to be there. and So, yeah, it's a lot easier. I imagine so, definitely. Now, in terms of that whole large entourage, you know, there's some people that I talk to that have a very large size band, you know, like Tracy Hanneman was in Eddie Butts' band, and we used to talk about this a lot in terms of she's like, there's pros and cons about it. I mean, this, there, in her mind, the sound was better. Vocally, it was easier for her because there was a much larger group of people. But then you're dealing with different personalities, and if one's not on, then everybody else tends to be off. Do you find it more challenging, or do you find it more um, 
less complex, I should say, for lack of a better, easier or harder? There you go, Cindy, in terms of something like that versus the smaller band, which do, if you had to, this is not coming out oh, right, well, you're getting what it, I'm trying to say. It's going to be harder, obviously. Um, and to, to quote my uh, business business manager, Tony Hetzler, he said it's like herding kittens into a basket because oh. there's so many people involved. And, you know, it, to try to get everybody on the same page and make sure they understand what's going to happen. Like, we're going to meet at this certain place at this certain time um, to do this certain thing. You know, it's just, it's, it can get very difficult to make sure everybody's on the same page and for them to actually uh, do it. Because then if they don't, something happens and you got to, you know, it's just, it can be very, very difficult. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it, if everybody is on the same page and when they are, everything sounds so much better because there's a lot more going on and everybody's doing their parts. It's, it's the sound of this very good, well-oiled uh, machine basically just uh something that's just going and it's it sounds great definitely and i don't want to forget to mention that once again march 21st of course for northern lights theater you'll be at potawatomi what time does that start that night i didn't write that part down. Uh, start I guess I should have. Um, tickets went on okay. sale monday but when i spoke with the people from potawatomi um thursday they were already mm-hmm. over half sold out so if anybody is oh, planning crap. on going to the show, I would probably get tickets soon. Okay. That means me. Okay, so note to self. Get tickets. Second of all, maybe I should try to get Prince on my show. Yeah, like that's going to happen. I could try, but I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. I, yeah, I right. do want to interview him. I, I, Yeah, I would love to be able to get him on my show and then be like, hey, guess what? I have a friend named Gabriel, and he does you. Like you're the only one, right? Because I'm sure obviously there's God yeah. knows how many. But I'm like, Gabriel's like the no, best, and maybe you could do it on stage. Uh, maybe you two could do it on stage together, like you could perform with him. Yeah, that him. will never happen. Hey, never say never. There is no such thing as no. If you start giving up on hope, it won't happen. So let's just say maybe. <laughs> we'll leave it at maybe. You just never know. Okay, okay. maybe it won't happen. Now, the other thing, well, there you go. The compilation of um, Gabriel V2, which is something that I just learned about when I was researching it, which is, of course, a combination of yourself and Scott. So talk a little bit about, um, obviously, I'm guessing that you guys have been friends for a while. You kind of compiled together. What sort of music is played through Gabriel V2 as compared versus something like Three Little Pigs? Um, Gabriel V2 is um, mainly classic rock, um, Beatles, Eagles, Stones, Tom Petty. Um, which will consist of me on the acoustic guitar, Scott Bellhumer on drums, and I sing the leads mainly. He'll be doing the backing vocals, and there's a couple of songs that he'll do lead on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's we mainly try to uh, stay with the, the classic rock, maybe from the 60s to about 80s, some 90s, versus the, the Three Little Pigs, where I have the electric guitar, and Scott Belgumer is still playing drums. Um, and we have a, a new bass player, Alex, um, on the bass, who also plays okay. guitar very well. He's a very good guitar player. So we're going to be actually switching off back and forth. I'm going to hop on the bass, and he's going to hop on the, the guitar. We're going to switch it off that way. Oh, and nice. finger as well. So okay. that stuff okay. we're going to be doing a lot of, um, you know, we're still going to, we try to keep the song separated from the duo to the trio. So 
some of them do cross over, but we try to keep them um, at least as much separated as we can so they're not the same show, you know. Well, right. Um, that was going to be my one question. There's a little bit more 80s, 90s type stuff in the the pigs. You know, you might hear, you know, just, uh, you know, a lot. You, you'll hear less uh, stones or, or beetles, but you will hear some. <laughs> but in the, the okay. pigs, you know, I, I'm a huge beetle fan. That's So, um, you know, we do at least four Beatles songs throughout the show. I like nice, that very, very nice. Well, and, and of course you can over time, like you're saying, because the one thing that we run into in terms of the fans ourselves, and I've said this to other musicians, a lot of times when you see the same friend over and over and over again, it's always neat when you shake it up a little bit, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like when I go see his band and he's in this, it's different, you know, because obviously when I go and I see you Wednesdays and you're doing the open jam, it's different. Even even open jam to open jam from you know, Pato to Havana, it's a little bit different. And then when I saw you with Three Little oh, yeah. Pigs, it's still on Calhoun. You know, it's it's always transitioning and it's different. I think that people want and, and crave, as as you're saying, some diversity. Otherwise, it just becomes kind of like, yeah, it's great to see Gabriel, but I heard the same thing. And, you know, you hear the same songs and the same routine. You know what I'm saying as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. since I brought Pulse into the mix there, um, you play drums with Pulse, obviously. What's up with the contact lenses? Okay, can somebody explain that to me? Because I'm like, y'all have blue eyes, red eyes, whatever that thing is going on. I don't know. <laughs> but you're all walking around with the blue eye thing. I'm like, what up with that? Am I the only person that asked well, that? Because I'm like, it's a little weird. Well, we ended up stopped. We stopped doing that. We ended up just not doing that anymore because people were freaking out too much. That was my idea <laughs> that I wanted to have everybody with blue contacts. So the whole band bought the blue contacts, and I thought it looked cool, but way too many people were freaking out. They're like, I can't even look at you right now. I'm like, that's not what the reaction I was looking for. I mean, if I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I wouldn't want to stare in their eyes more. But other people were like, oh, I don't, you're freaking me out. You're, I don't want to even look in your eyes. I'm like, that's not the reaction that I was hoping for. So let's just let's just nix this whole idea. Okay, so, so it's not just me then. Because I did think it was weird, too. I'm like, it does seem a little strange. I mean, it's cool because you're adding something different, like I said. But I'm like, what's up with these guys walking around like that? I'm like, okay, is this just their thing, whatever. But, you know, nonetheless. Obviously, Pulse is another one of those larger size bands that you guys play. Obviously, a lot of dance music because I've come out and actually personally danced to you guys. Um did you, and I asked Carrie the same question as this, um, share with us one of your fond memories, of course, because we lost Paul's aunt. Um, it just, I can't even use words to describe how sad I was when I found that out because it was such a tragedy. Yeah. Um, share a personal memory or something that was significant to you in the regard of Paul because I'd like to try to immortalize him as much as I can here. Well, I mean, basically, my main thing with him was I loved how he stuck with me when we lost um, the person who was who was playing lead guitar. And it took a while to find somebody, and I just thought, man, maybe this is not going to work. And Paul was the one who was just like, no, he just he stuck by me and just and waited till we found the right person. I thought for sure he was going to bail. Like, nah, he'll probably just mm-hmm. say forget it. You know? And I was even thinking maybe forget it. And we, I found somebody, but uh, and he was right there. And just, you know, he's, throughout that whole time, he kept saying, okay, you know, let's maybe put another ad out or whatever, and just, he kept pushing with me, you know, and I'm like, what? That was very cool. He's a very, very nice person. He was just a, so serene. Oh, never, I never heard him yell or get mad at somebody, you know. He's just a very right. nice person, very nice heart. Definitely. Very, so very, very much so. Yeah. Yes, we miss you, Paul, very much, definitely. It's been a little bit very different, much. certainly. 
Now, am I am I to assume that you met Russ Greeley through Pulse, which is how he got integrated into Three Little Pigs, or was it vice versa? No, I met Russ Greeley. How did I meet Russ? Um, wow, one of my friends brought him down. He wanted to try out for for Pulse, and um, I had him come down to the open jam. I said, let's, you know, perfect way, just, you know, pick a couple of songs, we'll we'll do it live, you know, just kind of just sit in and jam and see how things roll. Um, and when I heard him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got a great voice, good bass player. So I, I hired him right then and there. So and there was, I, I can't remember who the person who that. brought him down. I forgot who. Oh, wait. Mm. Babe, I think it was. It escaped you. I'm not, and, anyways, I, I met him through one of my friends. Um, and yeah, and he wanted to try out for Pulse, so that's how it happened. And Russ is a great go. guy. Unfortunately, uh, he's not with Pulse anymore. Um, he's with a country band. Bella Kane. Yep. <laughs> I believe, yes. I had to um, remember where he was last at or where I last saw him, obviously. So he's with Bella Kane now, clearly. And I like how you use Scott, uh, because Scott's in Gabriel V2, Scott's in Three Little Pigs as well, Scott, um, Bell humor. So that's kind of neat that you have the repetition, just like with Rudy Z, just like with Junior. Like, again, like I said, it's a resounding theme in the pattern with, you know, putting everybody together. Now, on the acoustical solo side of things, I wanted to cover that real quick. Um, when you're doing your acoustic solo, um, obviously it gives you more liberty to do your own independent music if you'd like to. Um, some musicians just prefer to do the cover stuff because it's comfortable. They've known it. They've done it repetitively. Um, is it your preference or long-range goal to do a show where you can incorporate both at some point in time, meaning as a mainstay? Like, every week I'm going to have one show where I do this. You follow me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I might add my own stuff in there. I mean, I'm going to hopefully start playing out with just all of my own stuff for a full entire show, but I will be adding more of right. my own songs um, when I do solo stuff, as well as maybe even duo, you know. Okay. Just to just to add it out there, and then just after the song or prior to us playing it, I'll you know bring up you know the that I write and blah blah blah, send them to my site, you know, give them the site, and then play the song. So, um, right, yeah, I mean, I I think that would be fun to add more. And I think it would be you know it's one of those things, and I and I'm here to tell you right now because again maybe not everybody tells you this because again I'm the friend and the spectator so it's a little bit different in terms of what you hear or don't hear. But there are plenty of people that have been out there that have been curious to find out you know what does he do solo wise you know to hear your information you know to hear the the things that you compose and see original creations because we already know that you're fabulous as it relates to the cover stuff you know what I'm saying. So when you embark on doing a whole other direction, I think people are eager and anxious to be able to listen to things like that. Um, I also don't want to forget to mention this because I know that you have upcoming gigs this weekend. Obviously, I know that tonight you have your gig with Three Little Pigs at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, Gabriel V2 is playing at 9 o'clock. But for the life of me on the calendar, I don't think it told me where you guys were going to be at. Yes. Um, actually, I just uh, I had some, some problems with my iPhone syncing up with, with the, the calendar. Everything's uh, up there now, though. Um, okay. That's probably why I can see it. Be, the, the pigs are going to be at, the, at 5 o'clock Steakhouse. Um, okay. Great, the best steaks in town. So if you guys are into nice, thick, thick of piece of meat, um, chop down, <laughs> chow down, and and the music's free, so you can just come up here to the lounge and uh, watch us jam. Tomorrow we're going to be at Bar Three Hundred and Sixty. Scott and I will. 
So that's going to be V2 tomorrow night, Gabriel V2. Got it. At Bar 360. Bar 360, and that's, at, and that's at 9 o'clock. And, oh, shit, I just realized that I'm Catholic and I just had spaghetti for lunch. I'm going to hell. Oh, my nice. God. It's Friday and it's Lent and I'm going to hell. This is the second time this week I did that. Oh, my God, great. I have a realization while I'm interviewing you. Wonderful. So, people, if you go see him at the steakhouse, just don't, like, well, you can have appetizers that have cheese, et cetera, and drink. Okay, whatever. That's my little soapbox there. <laughs> Obviously, of course, like we mentioned, um, we all know you do Burn Open Mike, which is, of course, Wednesdays at the Sidebar Potawatomi. Thursdays, of course, I knew you do your Open Jam with Marcelo, my, my dad, my very dear friend as well, Havana Cigar Bar there also. Now, I wanted to ask a question about venues because I know we could spend the entire, you know, rest of my life talking about every single venue you've ever played at because you've been basically everywhere, including the big, you know, the big gig at Summerfest. So here's my question to you relative to the gigs thing. Um, I like to always bring up to certain musicians the pay-to-play scenario because I have dear friends that are in Nashville and other places, and, you know, some people don't mind the pay-to-play thing. I don't know as much about the business side of things here in Milwaukee. Two quick questions here. First off, um, why do you think that the live music component seems to be seemingly dying out, for lack of a better term, meaning that there just aren't as many places, obviously, to get the live music into? And then second of all, venue-wise, um, if you had to choose one in particular to pick because you get the best crowd and the best sound, where would it be? Um, as far as the the scene, I just think that there's um, or places to, to play at. Why there's not as many, I just think it's because the scene is not as as big as it used to be. I mean, there was a time, I think, of years back where there was more of an actual music scene. Um, I, I just don't see it now for some reason. Okay. Um, I don't know why. It just, um, I'm, I'm hoping that this, this town hopefully starts coming around and, and, and just coming out. There's a lot of good bands out to watch. You know, there's a lot of really good live bands that are out playing. Um, you know, there's this one off the top of my head, this band, really good cover band called the Almighty Vinyls. I I had a chance to catch them once. Love that band. They're so good. Really, really good cover okay. band if you want to see good 60s, 70s type stuff. And it's really good stuff. And like Kansas and that kind of type stuff. Just mm-hmm. really good stuff. But, I mean, there's a lot of bands like that, you know, and there's, I think if, you know, if there was a more a couple of more clubs opened up and people actually went out to see live music and actually support it more, um, they, would, they mm-hmm. would find that there are a lot of good bands to go see. You know? Gotcha. As far as I the venue that I like to play, um, Northern Lights is a great place to play at. You know, I mean, I love playing there. It's just a, um, I like working with the people, the, the stage crew that they have there. Awesome, great guys. Mm-hmm. Todd Fink. Todd Fink is awesome to work with. Um, the sound system there and the lights are just incredible. And I love that there's not a bad seat in there. You can literally be sitting upstairs in the balcony, the last row, and you don't feel like you're a million miles away. You know, it's just it's a really good place to see a show because, um, uh, I mean, I remember seeing um, several shows there where I just – didn't get there early enough, and I had to sit against the wall and was oh, I'm that all the way back by the wall. And then the show started, and I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm kind of up close. This is kind of nice. Right. So that's exactly yeah, that's a really nice place to go see a show. And and it's actually it really is. I mean, it's huge when you're up there. It's a nice big stage. 
Oh, definitely. Definitely so. And, of course, we'll know that on March 21st when I actually am there, when I get to see you for the first time on that, because I'm so embarrassed to say that I haven't. Still, that sucks. Okay, we have two more big things to talk about, and then we'll go through the business rundown like we normally do. So first of all, to those that didn't listen to Carrie Cody's show, um, what you missed was that, of course, I purposely, on with all – with every intent, I said to myself, when I get on the show with Gary Cody, I'm going to find a way, and I've said this to you both before, to combine the both of them. Because if anybody hasn't seen Gary Cody go onto a stage with Gabriel or vice versa, there's just some sort of symmetry or magic that occurs. And I truly believe that. I've seen you play together, or, you know, you play, her sing, obviously. And, and it's a, it is a wonderful. It's nothing short of just magical to me and a lot of other people that have watched it. So I was very honored, and I am very honored to say now that I am just casting my movie, my biker documentary, Brazen Biker Babes, by which Carrie Cody and Gabriel Sanchez, I'm so happy to report, are going to do the soundtrack music for that. So the number one song in this in this movie is going to come from the two of you. Um, so I just want to ask, what are you going to come up with for me? I'm curious because this is, uh, I don't know if you've given this any thought yet, but obviously it's a biker sort of scenario and I'm just excited for, um, are you capable of composing music in that realm? Do you know what I mean? Because I haven't heard that type or style of music from you before. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I've actually started a couple of ideas already. Um, but Yay! I needed to know, I did uh, want to ask you what, what vibe you were looking for? Did you want the more grungy, bluesy type? Do you want the heavier kind of? Because there's different type of of biker music. You know, you can you you can do it more um, scaled down, where it's more just the acoustic right. kind of blues type thing, but still sounds right. kind of darker. You know, so I'm not sure well, what you're looking for yet. We haven't really talked so much, but I have a couple of ideas already. Right. Doing. Oh, that's and that's absolutely wonderful, you know. And and the most exciting thing for me is, of course, I don't think Carrie really realizes um, how fabulous her pitch is, you know, because just in listening to her vocals, and she again has that diversity um, in some ways similar to yourself, and she's not over herself, you know what I'm talking about? She's very modest. She's yeah. very. Um, this is who I am. This is my talent, etc. So I think it's gonna the combination of the two of you will be extraordinary as far as that goes. I will say this much about the movie, and I was gonna ask you this actually, but since you're here, we may as well talk about it. Um, all of the girls that I've cast so far, are, we're all getting together earlier uh, this coming Wednesday. So I was hoping that maybe I could snatch at least one of you, if not both of you, have you meet the girls, and I kind of like the girls would determine what kind of music they want to have in their movie. My personal thought is, if you or Carrie have ever heard of the Forest Rangers. Those are the gals and, and guys that did the music, including Katie Skull for Sons of Anarchy. A lot of their um, sound is kind of what we're looking at, uh, kind of a cross between that and Leonard Skinner. Does that make sense? So if you can listen yeah. to some of the Forest Ranger music and kind of mesh the two of them together, that's my personal feel. But I think we should ask the girls because, you know, they're the bikers. They're the ones that are going to be in this production. It's all about them. So I do think that they should have a say in it as well. So I think we all have a brainstorm meeting. And, again, I have to tell you, I just I am beyond excited that both of you were just like, yeah, I'm on board. And And that's what I love about local musicians is the fact that you can go and sit down and approach them and say, hey, um, I have something that I think might bring me and, and other people some exposure and success, and I want you to be part of it. And everybody's just so game and so glee and just like, yeah, we're here. We're on top of things, and I love it. So thank you so much. It's another reason I love you guys. You're welcome. Um, the last thing I save for best, which is, of course, before I play your song, which is 
Love That's in Your Eyes, which I have on here, which everybody gets a sneak peek to listen to. I want you to talk to everybody about um, your Kickstarter campaign because it wasn't so long ago you initiated that. Kind of tell us where you're at in terms of how much you've raised so far, how much you're looking for, and why you feel it's important for people to back this project. Well, basically um, why I, I think it's important to, to back it is because it's uh, – well, I mean, it's been a dream of mine for over 10 years. Um I've I've been kind of building this slowly through the years, you know, trying to get the ideas clear in my head. Um, I've started and stopped it several several times. Sorry, um, okay. I just didn't have the right people lined up, and I think everything is set now. Um, and I think it's just important to to back artists. I mean, um, I. Like I, you know, whenever I have artist friends that need help, you know, they like I said, whether it's helping them write a song, whatever, I like to help out, you know. And if uh, if I if any anybody would love to help out, even if it's ten dollars, I I would deeply appreciate it because uh, it'll help me get a little bit closer to to having a dream of mine that I've had for over ten years actually happen. Um, it's an audio visual show where the band that I would have would be playing live. And there would be a screen on stage with us, which would either have footage, photos, or words pop up in sync with the band. So it won't be just random times that it would happen. It would be literally in time with us playing live. So it would be like a live video, almost in a way. You can watch the screen, and, yes. and the music will be going literally in sync with it. Awesome. And so far, now, I, how I far is you? I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask you that question. Actually, how far have you? How much have you raised so far? So far, it's four thousand seven hundred and five dollars. Nice, very nice. Okay, how much closer do you need to get? Well, um, it's up. To, I need to make twenty-one thousand to do the full entire show with the the video, and because there's there's video besides not just the studio stuff. There's also video that has to get filmed. And all kinds of stuff. So I try to whittle it down as much as I can, but it's twenty-one thousand, unfortunately. Sure. And you know, it's a big egg to crack. Okay. But um, if, I think if everybody, like I said, if I can get a bunch of people that pitch it, even if it's ten dollars, um, I think I think it can happen. And I have like twenty days to stay hopeful. So, so well, I was just going to ask that. So you got a little less than three weeks left over to raise the rest of the money. Yeah, um, it, it will be a okay. great show. It's going to be. I mean. Nobody around here um, is doing the show that I'm, I'm going to want to do. If I can pull us off, people are going to see a show that they have never seen around here. So it'll be, it'll be different. Yeah. Oh, I imagine so, 150%. And you're just different to begin with. And it's like what you bring to the table and the components that you're bringing into this, and I think it's fabulous. And I love the fact that people are stepping up and supporting. And, you know, like you're saying, every little bit helps in terms of even if you can't give $20 or $10 or whatever the case may be, obviously. So I have some brainstorming that I did on this. But first – Let's go ahead and have everybody listen to Love That's In Your Eyes. So I'll give you a break for three and a half minutes, and let's listen to Gabriel sing. Cause 
You don't sound like yourself, or is it just me? Really? No, seriously, you don't sound like you. You sound like a polished version of you, if that makes sense to you. Because obviously, I've heard you up close, and I've heard you within a band scenario. And to me, it's and I'm not complaining at all whatsoever. In fact, I think it's it's an even more more of an enhancement to something that's already exceptional. Does that make sense? Um, Because you already sound fabulous, but I'm just like, it it just sounds polished. There's more added to it. I like the background vocals very much. I think it's it's tremendously well done. It's well written as well. Um, And I'd like to think I I know something in that regard about the writing element of it. So all the more reason for people to support it, obviously. So I was sitting here brainstorming today, and one of the things that I need to do over the weekend is to go to Fox River Harley-Davidson, which just so happens to be in St. Charles, Illinois. So one of the things that I was thinking about is um, I'm going to throw something out there. One of the best parts about having friends that are bikers, and I'm sure we all know this, is we all kind of rally around and support a good cause or a good person, and I'm so, so blessed to know so many of them. So I think what I'm going to do is kind of try to raffle or throw something out there to which all the bikers want that I can offer them um, in exchange for them donating to your Kickstarter campaign. 
I think that's a really good idea. Um, luckily, I know the Sons of Anarchy guys. I could probably get something auctioned off. I could probably see if we could raise some money. I, I don't think I can get you $10,000, but I can surely get <laughs> Anything some help. kind of a dent in there. Yes, that's exactly right. Anything will help as far as that goes. That kind of goes without saying. Now, there's a couple of business things, and you've listened to my interview before, so you know that we're down to the end. So we'll have to talk about ways to find you, your gigs, and then last part, of course, me telling you what I think of you, like you don't already know that. But we'll do it anyways. Um, the rundown, of course, every Wednesday night, if you all are looking for something to do, uh, Gabriel runs the burn open mic at the sidebar of Pottawatomie Casino, um, and Thursday nights, same thing, open jamming at the Havana Cigar Bar. You get two for one there because typically Marcel is also playing there with uh, Gabriel. And, of course, if you ever want to see Carrie Cody, just bring your butt down on Wednesday night because I'm here to tell you, first place I always find her is over at Burns, sometimes at Havana. Um, obviously, Prince Experience we talked about, which is the Northern Lights Theater starting at 8 o'clock. Get your tickets. Like Gabriel was saying, it's running out March 21st, and that's at Potawatomi again. Uh, tonight, Three Little Pigs at 7 o'clock, which is at the 5 o'clock Steakhouse. Um, 21st, Gabriel V2 is playing at 9 o'clock, and that's at Bar 360. Now, the rendition of 50,000 Ways to Find Gabriel. First of all, Gabriel Sanchez has a personal page for himself, and then, of course, he has the Gabriel Sanchez official page is what he calls it, both of which are on Facebook, along with the Prince Experience, Pulse Band is on there, Three Little Pigs is on there, and Gabriel V2, and I believe Gabriel Acoustic is on there as well. Um, his music can be found on Reverb Nation, YouTube, uh, www.gabrielsanchezmusic.com, uh, gabrielsolo.com, www.chezprod.com is the name of his uh, company as it relates to photography and videography and web design. Uh, he has an Instagram account, which is Gabriel underscore Sanchez underscore music. And then Twitter would be at contact Gabriel. Did I miss anything? No, that was right. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Wow. I I mean, everywhere you go, you find Gabriel. I'm like, it's, it's, wow. It's, uh, wow. I can't even remember. I I can't even believe that I got all of that because I'm like, oh, my God. And just as a rendition rundown real quickly for everybody that was listening or not listening during our interview, we've mentioned all the following people. Tracy Sparks, Carrie Cody, Scott Bellhumer, Michael Sean, Dan Walters, Tony Schuler, Chris Crow, Joe Height. Did we miss anybody? Oh, Russ Greeley. Russ Greeley, yes. We covered all those. Yes, we covered Russ Greeley, too. And your mama. Don't forget about that. And your cat. We don't want to forget about that, obviously. Okay, so the yes. last thing that we want to do. Oh, yes. Remind me of the link for the Kickstarter campaign. I can't believe I forgot that one. That was the biggest one. Actually, um, I like what I've been sending people do is to my Gabriel Music, um, GabrielSanchezMusic.com, and okay. that will, will because that's I want I would like to have people know that site because that's where I'm going to sell um, the the CD on there as well as you know any of my my shows. I, I that's going to be for just my own personal music. So you can just okay, I got send you. them to GabrielSanchezMusic.com. Um, and you can get to that, the Kickstarter from there. Okay, I just wasn't sure because I wasn't sure if we just put that link up because I was putting up the Kickstarter link as you had it up, so I wasn't quite sure if people want that direct yeah, shout and they want to go ahead and just it, do something. Yeah, and, and it, it's a, one of those weird links where it's like Kickstarter slash then these like weird, like a percent sign or whatever, just this super long ad- address. So to make it easier too, I just, you know, send them to my personal site, um, GabrielSanchezMusic.com, and then from there it explains the 
the site, and then you can also pledge through there. Gotcha. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, well, we've reached that point in time where I get to finally finish up the show and tell you what I think of you. Um, You've heard this before. Um, I just want to give my last thoughts on this, and this is primarily done, obviously, more so because of the fact that a lot of people that are listening for the first time may not know who Gabriel is. I get the very fortunate luck of being able to see you on an ongoing, regular basis. So I just think it's important to let everybody know exactly what I'm thinking of you or thinking about you, I should say, and basically what they should think about you and why they should support you, your music, your bands, and what you do. Um, for most of you that are listening that have never met Gabriel before, um, I always he's one of the guys that I would call you just meet him with a handshake and a hug because that's the first thing that he would do with just about anyone. I've seen him hug and kiss and handshake and hug practically everyone in the city at one point in time or another. It's very, very infrequent that you can talk to a fellow musician in the city of Milwaukee that either hasn't collaborated, called him, or solicited advice from him, or sat on a show that was produced by him, or are just in awe of him. I have never heard a curse word being said about you. I've never heard anything coarse being said about your music. Um, I know that you have a fan and band of followers that follows you from here, there, to Kingdom Come, and probably two hours out of town if you would expect them to or ask them to. As I mentioned before, you have the demeanor of someone who is, you're just so stylish and graceful and lovely and sweet and welcoming. Everything you do is heart-based. I can feel it in the rhythm of your music. I can tell in the tone of your voice. I can see that you are welcoming and friendly and inviting people in to say, let me guide you, let me teach you, let me stand next to you and try to enhance what I already know inside of you is burning. Um, I think that it's commendable that you are going out finally and chasing your dreams and and right now saying to yourself, I'm going to do this campaign, I'm going to raise this money, and I'm going to do something that no one else has ever done before. You step onto a stage and you mesmerize people because of the fact that you have such a diverse sound, the way that you play music, the intensity by which you play with it. And most importantly, there isn't one time that I've ever had or have ever heard that someone didn't walk away from your show with either a warm feeling inside or a smile or have said, I am a better person because I know him. You are just you're amazing. You're wonderful. I can't speak enough about you. The fact that you are, uh, are willing to accommodate me and to help me with a project that I've been wanting to do for a long time just blows my mind away. The fact that you have such an allegiance from your friends and that they're willing to do anything for you and vice versa speaks volumes of character and dignity that you possess, my friend. All I can say is that I am very blessed that every week I get to be in your presence, that I get to know you and that I get to call you my friend. And on a personal note, I cannot thank you enough for all the support that you give to my family and for the prayers that you send and for the understanding that you've given to me and so many people around you. Um, And if I have anything to do with it, we'll be working on various projects in the future together. Great. Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah. You're you're quite welcome, definitely. Um, and like I said, if you can get a hold of Carrie, because, of course, I'm going to need to go to the Harley-Davidson, so, of course, I'm going to be incognito this weekend. Um, see if you two can work something out for Wednesday, to which case we could all have everybody in a room together to work on the documentary, um, you know, and we can get start getting things going. I want to get integrated on the music and such. And I'll touch base with you after I go to Harley to see if I can rack up some cash for the Kickstarter, see what we can do about that. Um, and then I'll probably see you next week out at Live Music. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Oh, not a problem. Good luck tonight. I wish I was able to attend, but have a great time at the gig, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to each other soon. Thank you, sweetie. Take care. All right. Take care, dear. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. 
All right, kids, that was Gabriel Sanchez. And my God, first off, thanks so much to Gabriel because uh, I think he has had to cancel once. I've had to cancel twice. The timing has not been ideal, obviously. So thanks so much for giving me that uh, hour and a half's worth of time because I know he has his gig this evening. One more rundown for all the gigs. Um, Tonight, Three Little Pigs, 7 o'clock at 5 o'clock Steakhouse. Tomorrow night, Gabriel V2, which is himself and Scott, 9 o'clock, and that's at Bar 360. March 21st, run to get your tickets, folks, because if you don't, in the next couple weeks, they'll be gone for the Prince Experience at Northern Lights Theater, and that's 8 o'clock at Potawatomi. Uh, Every week, if you want to join myself, Kerry Cody, and, of course, Gabriel and all the Banyans, Junior Gomez, of course, Rudy Z, Phil Marsh, et cetera, et cetera, Burn Open Mike is on Wednesday at the Sidebar at Potawatomi Casino. Thursday nights, he does the Open Jam, of course, with Marcel and the fellow musicians at the Havana Cigar Bar, if I'm not mistaken. That starts at 9 o'clock. And once again, the rundown of the 50 ways to find Gabriel musically. We have YouTube. We have Reverb Nation. Websites are as follows. Shapeproductions.com, which is C-H-E-Z-P-R-O-D.com. GabrielSolo.com. www.GabrielSanchezMusic.com. And keep in mind, folks, if you're going to do the Kickstarter campaign, you have to make sure that you do it off of his website. Twitter handle is at ContactGabriel. Instagram, Gabriel underscore Sanchez underscore music. And then, of course, as far as Facebook ways to reach him, Gabriel, uh, last name is spelled S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. He has his personal page. He has Gabriel Sanchez official page. And then, of course, you'll find one for Three Little Pigs, for the Pulse Band, for Gabriel V2, and, of course, the Prince Experience. Um, And I do believe there's an acoustic solo page on there. Don't quote me as far as that goes. And, yes, I should know, but, unfortunately, I just forgot because it's – Friday, and it's been a hell of a day, and, well, thanks to all the well-wishers for me not passing out from being busy earlier today. Um, just a heads-up for the show next week. Um, I'm off on Monday because, of course, we'll be at the hospital. Thanks to all for the prayers and, and kind thoughts for Kerwin, um, and I'll keep you posted on that. Tuesday, we start off. That's going to be since Canadian Connections and a returning guest, one of my besties. I love her. Beautiful, beautiful model, actress, you name it, she does it, Nikki Middleton. Coming on the show at 12.30 Central Standard Time. That's on Tuesday through Sins Canadian Connections. Wednesday, we've got returning guest Josie Milner, another musician and a fine one at that. Young, sweet, beautiful girl, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. And author Paul Sheriff at 5 p.m. on Thursday, February 26th. And that's 5 Central Standard Time. We'll be talking about his book as well. Thanks so much again, once again, to everybody who's listening in. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. And I am soon to be off to Chicago to see my peeps. Have a good one, folks.